We know how to tell a friend, take care of yourself. Are we able to do it ourselves? How do we make that transition? Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat physical or mental illness. And while Jeffrey is a licensed life coach in California, they're not yours. So we always recommend that you see a licensed professional accordingly. That said, I want to welcome back our first guest to the show's new format, Jeffrey Marsh. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello there. Hi. I'm so glad to be the first. Trailblazing. It's what I love. I couldn't have asked for anything better. (laughs) (laughs) And listeners, if you didn't get the opportunity to listen to those we'll put a link in the show notes for you but i want to share a little bit about jeffrey they joined originally to discuss how problematic perfectionism can be Mm. their first book how to be you was an introduction to that and i discovered jeffrey when kiddo first came to us so you are a fantastic compassionate educator, Jeffrey. And we had a coaching call that truly opened a door for me to change my life and understanding perfectionism not being a good thing. And I realized <laughs> we could just stop there. Right? It was it really was a mind-blowing thing for me to realize that was not ideal. <laughs> not that's like maybe that's not the whole point of my life. I exactly. don't know. Exactly. Maybe maladaptive coping skill, not something trying to achieve. Yes. Uh, yeah. Something. I realized then that your message was something everyone could learn from, not just LGBTQ folk, which is how I originally came to you. Mm. And it is pride. So we are celebrating that. But there is something for everyone in the work that you do, which is why your TikToks and compassionate short form videos have over 1 billion with a B views. (laughs) They are also a bestselling author. TikTok Instagram star, non-binary activist, LGBTQ keynote speaker, I'm and busy. the first all the things, yes. And the first non-binary public speaker to appear on national television, being interviewed on Newsmax in 2016. Again, trailblazing. Ugh. And the first celebrity activist to use they them pronouns. Your first book, How to Be You, was a number one bestseller and topped Oprah's gratitude meter. I didn't even know that was a thing. I gotta check it out. And oh, yeah. Named Excellent Book of the Year by Ted Ed. You also have a viral Ted X. And all of, you know, your journey was chronicled in How to Be You. And we talked a lot about that in prior shows, including your experience as a Zen monk and all the things that you brought to those studies for over 20 years. Mm. But now you're back with your second book, Take Your Own Advice, already a number one Amazon bestseller and named Apple Books Best Book of the Month. And I'm excited to dive into the lessons that you're sharing with us in Take Your Own Advice, Learn to Trust Your Inner Voice and Start Helping Yourself. So I want to give listeners a little intro before I turn it over to you. Please. So 
this book is for those who are care. Oh, no, start over. Sorry, Matt. This book is for those who don't are- apologize to Matt. Leave it in, Matt. We <laughs> do not. It's your job to edit. It's our job to be stars. We're doing. It. Okay. You'll take what we can I'm give so you. Bad. Already making me happy. Okay. <laughs> for those who are givers, carers, and empaths, a guide to focusing that energy on yourself, even if that feels frightening. Mm. Many of us, Jeffrey Marsh was conditioned to have outward focus, to give to others, to be a good listener, and to be the one who gave the best advice. And in Marsh's case, it was a method of survival. Growing up in gender fluid and in an unaccepting family, Marsh did everything they could to meet the needs of others and not have needs of their own. And ultimately, this meant Marsh putting themselves in the back seat of their own life. Whether you're a survivor of abuse and trauma like Marsh, or you've passively accepted that your own worth ought to be defined by your usefulness to others, Take Your Own Advice will give you the confidence to lead your life on your own terms and prioritize what's important to you. It's time that you learn to put yourself first, to take care of yourself, and to ask others to listen to you for a change. You do give the best advice, after all. So, Jeffrey, again, welcome back to The View. Please tell us more. Please tell us everything. everything. All the things. We need to start with a compliment. It's my pleasure to talk to you for a couple of reasons, because you're doing the work and you're not trying to... Oh, I don't know. Present some sort of perfect image. You, in your work, every single day, show the process. And I think that's incredibly vital for everybody to know they're not alone. Uh, Some influencers, guru types, teachers, whatever, try to have this like, I've done it all. I've seen it all kind of. Listen to me because I'm perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And. That, I think, is the wrong direction. We're all in this together, and we're all on a path together. So that's number one, to compliment you. But number two, to compliment you, you're undoing some of the stuff you just mentioned. So some of the stuff I grew up with, you're being that different parent already. You're being that different way of approaching your own children already. And I'm sure there are days when you feel like you might have messed up a little bit or something along those lines. But if you just take a look at the largest picture, you are doing something that's vitally important in both your own life and your child's life. And it can't be, you know, can't be overstated how important that is. Thank you for both of those. And I want to say how very different it is to be on the receiving end of your compliment now versus like a year and a half ago. When you gave me a compliment when we started coaching and I immediately deflected and you immediately were like, well, <laughs> I'm calling this out. And I'm like, yeah, no, I am doing the work and I am a good parent and I am showing my authentic real self. Those are certainly things that are true of me. So thank you. Yes. I think most people think that if they accept a compliment, they'll get full of themselves and they'll become a huge jerk and they'll spew out trauma on everyone else, right? By being this complete a-hole of a person just because they said, yes, I'm doing good work. Isn't it nice to get over that? Almost the opposite happens because you become a more giving person because then other people can admit when they've done good things too. That's exactly what I was going to say, which is that I think it would have been a lot harder for me to get there if I didn't have children 
especially who are teenagers, and I can see myself and my behavior, my husband's behavior reflected in them. And I think it was so much easier to work on myself and to model what I wanted them to grow into. I think, you know, we'll talk a lot about your work and all the things, but I think for me, how I got here was being able to say, like, in order to be the best parent for my kids, I need to be selfish. I need to make some choices for myself. And I think, like mm. you said, that's very difficult to do, whether it's taking a compliment and like truly owning it or whether it's doing something in your own best interest and not in other people's best interest. I had to get there by saying I'm making a selfish choice, but really it's for my kids, because if I get more sleep, if I rest, if I do the things that refill my own cup, then it will help my kids because I'll be a better version of myself. I won't be so quick tempered. I'll have, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think that was progression, right? Like, obviously, I kept doing the work and then I got out of doing it for someone else and doing it for myself. But I think however someone needs to get there, it is truly life changing. And I I am genuine in crediting you to really like opening that door for me. I can't say like you personally changed my life because I did the work. Yes, and I think that message was probably something that I heard previously in my life and I was not in a place to hear it. But the way that you practice with such compassion and kindness, it is what I needed to hear when I was ready to hear it in a way that truly has transformed my whole family and I know many other people. So I'm excited that you're sharing even more of yourself in this second. Yes. And that's the point of take your own advice. When are you ready to accept the wisdom you already know? So many people find themselves in a position or people kept repeating to me in coaching sessions, workshops everywhere. I know what to do. I just can't do it. That is an interesting place, right? I know I should leave this job. I know I should have such and such discussion with my partner. I know I should do this. I know I should do that. I just can't do it. How do we begin to accept the, and trust that wisdom that we have inside ourselves? The first book, How to Be You, was about getting to know that you're not such a bad person. How to be you, right? You accept the way you are is a good place to start, right? And take your own advice is the next step because people are in a spot, the world is in a spot where we need to step forward and we need to do the good work because... How should I put this delicately? Humanity needs us to do that work. Yeah. I, it is a weird time for many right now. And I, you know, it's, it's I can't even find the words because I'm often just like, what is happening? Which, you know, for if you're not listening to this when it comes out, it is Pride Month 2023. And I don't know. I just use the analogy, the world's on fire, but I don't even think that's the right. I don't think that fully encompasses the ache that we all feel. I think it's like collective mourning, collective grief and all these Mm -hmm. things that we're going through. So I know for me personally, it felt like you were reading my mind to talk about specifically having needs met. That's a phrase that I've been opened to over the last couple of years and has really allowed me to vocalize something in a way that kind of detached that selfish feeling or detached that I shouldn't 
ask this of someone because it's a selfish ask if I used the phrase having my needs met or, you know, my child's needs aren't being met and they need blah, blah, blah. It kind of opened that door for me. And I love that that's a concept you lean into both for self and for others. Can you share more about that? I sure can. The first thing I think about is all the people who hate my guts. <laughs> they mean, their lives are miserable. So they're also <laughs> making your lives, <laughs> life miserable if you hadn't already done so much work to yeah, I mean, they're trying yeah. to make my life miserable, for sure. I'm an out, open LGBTQ person. And again, it's Pride 2023. Perhaps the weirdest Pride of my life, or certainly one of the most emotional Prides of my life. And there are lots of people who don't want LGBTQ creators or out LGBTQ folks to exist or survive or thrive right now. And I assume that those folks are hating me or hating us to meet an unmet need. That's just what makes the most sense to me. And tragically, I actually do have a lot of empathy for it. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. They have to do the same stuff that you and I are doing in order to meet that need. So no matter how enthusiastically or how much or how many death threats, how many bomb threats, you know, they throw my way, it's not going to meet that need for them. And that ultimately, to me, is a human tragedy. I think I'm going to expand on that so that people who might not be where we are fully understand what that means. Because mm. I remember when I first came to your work, I was shocked at the empathy that you can have for someone who treats you so horribly and feeling like you must not be healthy if you're not angry someone's doing that to you and it, I, I genuinely am you know on a very different place now but for someone who's feeling that way like how could you not be mad that someone's giving you death threats how could you not you know have anger and I'm guessing that you have fear you probably have anxiety around safety and different kinds of things like that you're nodding your head for people who are listening. Yes. <laughs> I'll give it a verbal. Yes. Yes. And your anger is something different. Your anger goes to where is the person coming from? What kind of person has to be so miserable in their own life that they spend time trying to make someone else unhappy? That the life that they're living is missing some element, some component that fills their bucket in some sort of way that their needs aren't being met emotionally fulfilled and they're grasping for it in other ways that they see somebody else feeling happy and they resent it because they don't feel happiness and they feel like that person doesn't deserve it because I don't have it and I think that is so sad and tragic and yet at the same time most people aren't ready to do that work. Like you can't have the conversation. Though you have shared direct messages and different things that you've had with people that have enabled them to open up. And what a fantastic human you are to be open to that <laughs> and to spend the time. But I think for me, that became something that really opened my eyes to how 
divisive the country has become, that when we aren't compassionate, when we don't have an understanding of someone's lived experience or the needs that are not being met from all around the world, from all walks of life, because everybody has some experience that was not ideal in some way or another. We all have our own you know, past, whatever that looks like or why it looks like. And the difference that it makes in our lives is being able to understand, you know, that person is behaving that way because they don't have the skills to understand what their own needs are and they're leveraging it on someone else in a way that is unhealthy because that's the coping skill that they learned versus expressing their needs and saying, you know, I feel X, Y, and Z, and this is what I need from someone. And I think that I just, I wanted to kind of like drill into that a little bit because it would be really hard for me to have heard that like two or three years ago and not, I would not have understood what you meant by someone who's cruel to me means their needs aren't being like, I would have been like, what, what do those two things have to do with each other? First step in general, somebody who's happy, content, loving their life is not mean to me. <laughs> That's my first bit of evidence that I have. Yes. Right? Or like, other people, no, right? No happy person. I think it was Brene Brown. I don't remember. <laughs> no happy person tries to make someone else unhappy or belittles anybody else, right? Like that right. is not, yes. Yeah. Right. And I tend to look at it in terms of needs and whether they're being met because the path to true authentic happiness seems to be through learning to meet your own needs. And yes, we need community as well. It's lovely to have a husband, which I do, <laughs> right? It's not, we shouldn't, I don't think the hermit life is for you know, all human beings when it comes to happiness. And there's a lot we can give ourselves to help ourselves to be happy. So why not give ourselves every single thing we can? But you make me think of, to directly answer your question, I don't know what's going on in someone's heart. I actually cannot comprehend pure evil. Can't comprehend what was going on for, you know, all the authoritarians and dictators throughout history. I don't know what would, I just can't get my mind around or my heart around it. It brings me great peace, love, kindness in my life, selfishly, if the narrative I have going on inside my mind is that person's in a lot of pain. And I'm not, to be ultra clear, I'm not talking about dictators throughout history. I'm talking about, you know, the person who goes on YouTube and makes an obsessive several hour long video about me being a horrible person. They must be in a lot of pain. And just that bit of empathy helps me to sleep at night and continue to do my mission, which is the most important thing for me. You also mentioned anger. Can I say something about anger? Of course, please. That's a whole section of take your own advice. Because I realized that my anger always had roots in injustice, unfairness. So it would be a narrative I was telling myself, like somebody else has something that I want, and that makes me angry. But also, I would get angry about injustice in the world. And, you know, I, that, to me, that is a very righteous approach. And anger in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. 
And there's a way to directly meet your needs so that you can more effectively work out the injustice in the world. Pull out the injustice in the world. Stamp out the injustice in the world. Get rid of the injustice in the world with a kind, loving, happy heart. And it actually works out better that way, in my experience. This podcast is sponsored by Just Thrive, maker of the only probiotic that I can feel making a difference, and their new probiotic-based stress reducer, Just Calm. Use code WHOLEVIEW for 15% off at justthrivehealth.com. And if you missed episode 54 with their founder, I highly recommend not just to nerd out on gut health science, which, you know, I'm all about, but also we did a deep dive into how probiotics have been shown in science to bind to heavy metals and provide health protection. Just Thrive in particular has an award-winning, scientifically-backed, unique breakthrough. It is the only product on the market with numerous peer-reviewed studies and clinical trials showing that their probiotic reduced leaky gut and inflammation. The soil-based formula is groundbreaking in its effectiveness, and it is guaranteed to arrive 100% alive. And in your gut, it has a thousand times better survivability than leading probiotics. And if you're looking for another effective way to manage stress, they have a revolutionary new approach to uplifting your body and mind naturally. Just Calm has been clinically proven in multiple studies to help reduce perceived stress, balance cortisol, improve sleep quality, and even encourage focus and flow. Why? Well, our gut instinct or gut-brain connection is real. Your gut and brain talk to each other, sending signals. A healthy gut isn't just crucial for immune and digestive health. It's also one of the best ways to beat stress long-term. Just Thrive Probiotic not only supports your best gut health, it creates the perfect foundation for Just Calm to perform at maximum strength. Right now, you can get 15% off this dynamic duo when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code WHOLEVIEW at checkout. Plus, it's vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, and non-GMO. To try it, get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code WHOLEVIEW. That includes bundles and subscriptions, so definitely double up on your savings at justthrivehealth.com slash discount slash WHOLEVIEW with code WHOLEVIEW. It reminds me, and not the anger part, but the overall message a lot Mm. of the story the giving tree i'm assuming that you've read the story i'm gonna cut my limbs off and be a stump yes and that's what you're supposed to be for everybody exactly so many people read that book and think positively about it i remember thinking as i was reading it to my kids i didn't remember it as a child but i was reading it to my very young children halfway through like i'm already committed to reading this book and i'm like this is awful This poor tree just kept giving and giving Mm -hmm. and giving of itself and not being appreciated, not restoring itself and ended up dying for somebody else's pleasure. And then that person kind of cut off their nose to spite their face. That tree wasn't there later for them anymore because they used it too much. And I would always read the story to my kids with little additions like, do you think it was fair of the boy to ask for the tree to give more than he was already giving? Because it just broke my heart. Yet that is how I treated myself for so long, right? When I reflected back, I'm like, wow, am I really upset with this story? 
because I'm realizing that it is speaking to me on a deeper, more problematic level about Mm how I'm acting in my own life. I'm wondering how much we all identify with that story. You're saying, yep, cutting off your limbs. Like, I think that kind of sparked it for me, like this message that you're talking about, like, that's the analogy. Yeah, the whole point of take your own advice is to help people not just take their advice, right? You would never tell a friend, oh, give and give until you die. That's the point of life. You're a bad person if you don't. That'll be great. (laughs) Right? We know how to tell a friend, take care of yourself. Are we able to do it ourselves? How do we make that transition? And as you pointed out, To me, it's perfectly appropriate to pull every lever and try every trick in the book to get closer to truly loving yourself. And, you know, not like that's an end point. That'll be for the rest of our lives. But a trick like, I'm taking a nap so that I can be rested when I give to everyone else later today, right? You know, whatever you need to do to be able to initiate those first self-care habits, go for it. And eventually we realize that We want to have healthy branches, leaves, thriving, and help other people to do that, but not at the expense of us. Why do you think so many of us, those who are deeply, as you say, givers, giving tree, empaths, however someone identifies, why do you think we don't prioritize taking care of ourselves? Ooh, I know. (laughs) It's because... I can, I'll speak for myself and maybe it'll resonate for people. I was programmed into it. I was told in many ways, which are detailed in the book or we can talk about, that I wasn't really worth much. And the only value I had was in quite literally being the emotional support child, the family therapist, proper upper person. And that was my, can I tell you about an extra wrinkle in it? So all of my family were cis people. And so it's, and most of the people in the world are cis people. And I desperately had to navigate it as a non-binary person, as an LGBTQ, the dynamic of sacrificing everything about myself specifically for the quote unquote dominant culture, the cis people, the non-trans people, the non-binary people. But I would bet that resonates for almost everybody anyway, that we were told somewhere along the line that our value was in helping other people have realizations, get to the next level spiritually, feel better about themselves, be comforted, be soothed, on and on, and never quite seeing until probably we're adults. That's a huge sacrifice on our part. And I think it ties into the perfectionism piece for me as it relates to ableism. Like this was another kind Mm -hmm. of like putting all the pieces of the puzzle together for myself. I had Imani Barberin on the show who was incredible. And I was attending a conference and her speak and it was like Mm. a light bulb went off in my head because she talked about like, who are you doing all the things for? Like, really, who are you doing all the things for? And ultimately, I realized I was doing all those things because I wanted to be seen 
I wanted to be perceived as capable. I wanted to be perceived as valued, as you said. I also wanted to ensure that I was not perceived as lazy because I didn't want to be perceived as fat because people always think fat and lazy go together. And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. if I do all the things, I'll show the people the value that I have. I'll be perfect. And they can't not love me then. Like we talked about from your first book, you were like, I'll do all the religious things so that I can show people, (laughs) you know, that I am not who they think I am. And in my mind, it was very similar for me, but on a journey of my body being perceived a certain way. And so when I started putting all the pieces together, I'm like, oh, I get it. I'm doing all the things for everybody else so that they don't ever stop to think. The reason Stacey's not doing that is because she's fat and lazy. And then I was like, what difference does it make in my life if that's what someone else thinks? None. But it makes a huge difference in my life if I'm never resting and I'm never enjoying my own life. I'm never living it for me. I'm only worried about somebody else's thinking because as the very cliche saying goes, you can be the juiciest peach in the orchard. Someone's still not going to like peaches. And it didn't matter how hard I tried to be perfect and whatever, like there are still going to be people who are just not going to love what I'm doing. And so why? Why was I continuing to try? Yeah. And if you could flip a switch and have whatever that voice in your head says is the perfect body, you probably still would not be off the hook. You wouldn't be able to rest. You'd have oh, to. Oh, yeah. I'd find something else. So. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a process. And that is, I love Imani so much. It's to me a form of activism to rest. I like it. It's a form of resistance to rest, especially in, you know, this world we live in and the society we have currently constituted. Instead. And that is a very, that is also to me, I don't know if you meant to imply this, but I wanted to say it outright. That's a very little kid place. If we're a kid, it l- literally feels like life and death, or at least to me it did. I have got to do these things or I will be abandoned. I won't have food. I'll be in the gutter. I'll be dead. Right. And so it feels like this life and death struggle to keep going, to prove, to to make the grade. And the words you say that are going to ring in my mind forever, quote, I want to be perceived as ellipses, end quote. So may I ask you a question? May I turn the tables? Yeah. On you. Can you talk about the difference between I want to be perceived as not lazy or I want to be perceived as capable? What's the difference between that and living your life being capable? So I'll try to put myself back in that mindset because these days you're so far away from it. I would literally say, I don't know, because I don't really care anymore. Like, I know that I am capable. And if someone doesn't see that on their own or doesn't find value in me, that's not my journey. That's a them problem, which I could not have said a couple of years ago. I think what I thought then was that I truly was lacking self-worth to understand that I was capable or believe it in myself 
and that my sense of self was dependent on the validation of others, that mm-hmm. I needed someone else to think that I was capable in order to believe it to be true myself. Versus today, I genuinely know that I'm capable. Like, I applied to Harvard Business School on my own. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I'm really excited about it. And I got in and I was like, yes. And it wasn't shocking for me. And I wasn't like, because I knew that I was capable. And if I didn't get in, then I'll find the next thing. But like, that was a very different experience for me than a couple of years ago, I would have felt like. Yes. And that's what I was pointing to. So thank you for taking it there. This is, I want to be perceived as capable has a lot to do with other people, but it also puts capable on a continuum with incapable. And so now we have all this machination inside our brains with where am I on the continuum? And then, and do they think I'm over here? And if I do this, will they think I'm closer to capable? And I'm not, you know, it's just this whole matrix of things you have to, you have to maintain. (laughs) Whereas knowing deep in your heart, I'm capable the way you phrase that to me, it almost, and I don't know if this is your experience, please tell me. It's like capable, not on a continuum. There's no like opposite end of incapable. It is a capable in a space of no matter what. Happens, yeah, I, I would deserve agree to agree with sure. that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that rather than incapable, I would describe it as I would be lacking those skills or I would be lacking that experience or I would things that I could try to obtain or try not to based on my own choice. Not that I'm incapable like it's no longer out of my hands it's now in my hands and a choice of making yeah maybe the word capable is a little tricky (laughs) as because it's been used against all of us so many times but if we sub in something like worthy there's no question that there is a worthiness to every human being that's not on a continuum with unworth not like they could do something to be pulled back into unworth as a human soul as a human being And that reminds me of earlier on in our conversation. There was something I wanted to clarify. I set boundaries left and right. I will block people. I'll, you know, I have someone who runs my social media and they do things, you know, to keep people accountable and to create, to do our best sometimes, you know, (laughs) the internet's a deluge, but, you know, we do set boundaries in other words, another trap for people is I have a loving, kind, empathetic view toward my haters, so they get to do whatever they want. No, not true. This podcast is sponsored by Vegamore, my beloved hair care products. I have visibly thicker, fuller, shinier, much longer and healthier hair without harsh ingredients. And I am obsessed. I have become that person talking to strangers everywhere about it. These are the cleanest ingredients I can find with proven results. And it is the only one that has met my standards. Clinically tested to improve density up to 52%, reduce shedding 76%, and 91% of customers say that they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months. I personally saw a reduction in my shedding immediately, and it's not just my imagination. My hairstylist is able to see a ton of new growth as well. 
I have heard from so many of you how happy you are with the results too. So if you're hearing this and hesitating, this is your sign. Do not sleep on these incredible products. All Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free, no harmful chemicals, and never contain parabens. I use the Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Foundation Kit, which also includes the Clarifying Serum. Super helpful for scalp health, since I also use and love their Dry Shampoo, which smells so good using only fruit oils, no synthetic fragrances. And I bought myself their new Leave-In Conditioner Spray with heat protection recently. Finally, a clean one. And my second, third, fourth day hair is so happy with the Dry Shampoo Leave-In Conditioner Combo. I love having to only wash my hair once or twice per week. If you are still looking for the perfect hair solution, I put all my favorites for you at vegamore.com slash whole view where you'll get 20% off and there is no risk when trying because they have a 90 day money back guarantee. Get the hair that you have always wanted with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com slash whole view and use code whole view to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash whole view code whole view to save 20% at vegamore.com slash whole view. Just because someone is unhappy in their own life doesn't mean that they get to try to make you unhappy. Like, I really love this is such a, an aside, Casey Musgrave's song about this. And she says, pissing in someone else's yard doesn't make yours greener. There's like a whole song of different analogies and stuff, but I use that mm -hmm. set all the time with my kids because if you want to focus on your lawn and you're creating boundaries and, you know, you put up a fence in your yard and someone else walks through your fence to defecate or use the bathroom or whatever in your yard you still get to say no, you know, like if you want to be unhappy that my yard looks great and your yard doesn't, you still have to stand on the other side of the fence and do that. I yes. think that's a great analogy for like a, a physical boundary. When I try to explain it to my kids, like what a boundary is and how you're not being mean, you just can't come into my yard and do what you want. It's my yard. Exactly. So, and to me, it hopefully helps someone take another step toward getting their needs met themselves and being a happy person. I just want everybody to be stepping closer to. And, you know, along those lines with that theme, I realized that if part of my mission or my talent or what, how do we want to phrase it religiously? Uh, if I were a Christian, I would say, you know, part of what God has given me, tasked me to do is to draw out in people that which needs to be healed. And I tell you, for some human beings, that is incredibly ugly stuff that comes out and comes up. But if that's my lot in life, then I might as well get on with it. Do you know? I'm happy to be on the other side of that coin for you. <laughs> this we can do that for each other. That's our talent. This is lot in life. And that journey then pays it forward to stopping generational trauma of some of the stuff and teaching good habits and hopefully creating future generation of people who can stop and ask, how can I help you in this moment? Or as my 16 year old asked me earlier today, what do you need in this moment? Like I was rubbing my face and I was like heavily sighing and I was clearly like 
processing all the things that I needed to do and they were here and I was trying to work and I wasn't communicating. I need space and they could sense it. And they have been modeled this behavior at this point that they asked me how they could help meet my needs in that moment because they could sense Mm. that they weren't being met. And I was like, it's moments like that where I'm just like, wow, what a difference like this kind of active parenting makes versus that child thinking it had something to do with them and then getting defensive and then like all of the things that go along with that. And I'm, it is so much work. It really is work to unpack your stuff to be able to say, okay, and to start taking the steps. But it is incredible. And while you are unpacking some stuff for people who get kind of ugly when you throw their stuff on the front lawn, their suitcases unpacked, there are those of us who are like, oh, I didn't know I was carrying that around in my bag. (laughs) Let me repack the suitcase a little bit. So what? Yeah else could readers expect to find and take your own advice you talked a little bit about anger and needs being met what else this transition that i see a lot of people in going from wishing other people would give them a place to belong to just going ahead and creating the spaces they've always wanted with other people with themselves you know taking the turning the corner from I wish everybody else would do it and help me. And that would make me worthy. And I want to be perceived as, you know, worthy enough for that from someone else. And just making that transition to, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and here we go. We're doing it. And if you want to join me, you can join me, but I'm going to be in the spot where I want. That to me is a really powerful thing to, to write about and to see other people doing. Can I tell you a fun part of the book? You ask these questions, can I? I want you to know. May I? You have full reign. (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) I do this convention, which, you know, anybody who's been in therapy or coaching or whatever has probably done the exercise themselves. But I do, I compliment the memoiry bits with kind letters to myself at those ages. So I'll tell a story about me being 13, me being 18. And then write a letter to my 13-year-old self, to my 18-year-old self. And that kind of going back and it's not even going back because those parts of ourselves are here with us in the present. But that kind of showing myself the care, you know, I just, I had someone say to me the other day, I just wanted someone to see the real me. That's what I always wanted. And to, to give that to yourself is a really powerful thing to do do you think that there is something to the self-awareness aspect of being able to see yourself right like when you say someone said i really wanted to see the true me part of that is they said i want someone else to see i always wanted someone else to see the true me like a parent or a romantic partner yeah i think for a lot of us I know for myself, at least part of that was building up a wall so tall and so thick to protect myself from being vulnerable to the judgment or the perception of something I didn't want to be perceived as or whatever the case may be and to protect myself from being continuously hurt that I didn't even know 
who I was. I lacked the self-awareness to know who I truly was. And my perception of who I was was different than everybody else's perception, which meant there was a disconnect with what I was feeling and who I was and then who I was behaving like to others. And I wonder, is there a particular phrase or moment? I mean, obviously, reading the books, doing the coaching, doing the work, all these things are necessary to truly unravel that. But I would imagine that a lot of people just have a really hard time with that kind of first step, like taking the leap to take down one brick from the wall and peer through and be like, out there. Eyes gonna, in there. Yeah, how's they going to punch me through the yeah. hole in the wall, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. So what is, you know, a helpful tidbit? What- I guess, yeah. I mean, is there something that you found enables people to be willing to kind of take that first step that they say to you, I know what I need to do, but I can't, I won't. What is the thing that allows that to start? I'm going to tell people a secret. Don't share it, anybody who's listening. (laughs) Many times I have assigned coaching clients to watch Netflix and snack. Because that assignment makes people's skin crawl. I should be very clear. The assignment is to do that without hating yourself. So it's fine to sit on the couch and watch Netflix if you're guilty, if you feel bad, if you know you should be doing X, but you're sitting here instead. All of that is fine. But ask somebody to just love it, to just watch Netflix and enjoy it and rest and have a snack. And, you know, it's like the hardest, one of the hardest things to do. And as I was pondering the answer to your question, I'm not sure. I just happen to have this face or orientation to life or because I've done the work or whatever it is that people just take the take those bricks out and want to, you know, talk to me through the bricks. And you are and, a safe space. I think that also yeah. like allows. Yeah, that's a really amazing point because I'm a safe space for myself first and most. And I think people can get a sense of that and can get a sense that the teacup of safe space spilleth over with me and they can have as much as they want or need. But not too much because you will keep your boundaries. (laughs) They can't empty your cup. You need some. (laughs) That is true. And I have quite a lot. So I'm willing to share. I am wondering what's next for you. There is probably a workbook coming for the second book. We're getting all the secrets. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) More directly, don't tell Penguin I told you, that more directly walks people through a lot of the concepts of the book. And I I can't tell you what the secret is, but television is in the future. So we'll watch out for that. And I said... On, gosh, I guess, no, it was a video I made. The In regard to trans rights, we see expansion and contraction in regard to LGBTQ rights in general. And we're in a contraction. School boards, governors, 
lots of people, regular folks, TikTokers, hate our guts right now and are coming after us and want us to, to be frank. And when things expand again, like they have, when we make inroads, when there's more representation, when society gets a little softer around us. And, you know, when that expansion happens again, you'll find me doing the same videos, the same work, the same mission. That to me is a, was a bit of a personal breakthrough that I had that, you know, my mission doesn't change. Y'all, Beauty Counter is celebrating their 13th legislative win, our first in Canada, with a 20% off site-wide summer sale, their first ever summer sale, and you can get free shipping with the purchase of the all-new, all-star, the Albright Dark Spot Minimizer. And if you add their perks program to your cart for only $10, which is another $19 savings, you will also get a clean Dio and the Glow First Priming Serum added to your cart as well. It's like $167 value for free. I, it's like all the things. I can't even figure it out. It's hard to process all the savings and the free things, but it's just like shopping any other website. If you want an easy button, I created a custom cart for you at realeverything.com slash June because I know this deal is good through the end of June and I wanted it to be as simple as possible for you. You'll find the new Albright Dark Spot Minimizer in that cart, which I am obsessed with. I went to the dermatologist a few months ago for a dark textured spot that I was worried about. And I was genuinely really nervous and thrilled when he told me it wasn't cancer. But then I got hit with the bad news that it was basically an age spot. And he said it would continue to get darker. It was caused from UV damage and part of getting older. And there was nothing that I could do at home to get rid of it. I wasn't ready for an in-office procedure. So I started using the sample of the Albright spot treatment that I had gotten and began using it. Admittedly, intermittently. Even then, I was shocked at the results. And the spot is now hardly visible at all after about a month of uses, 30 uses. So if you use this twice a day, the clinical results say that 94% of people have a reduction in dark spots. That is definitely my experience. And the people that I've talked to that have been using it see results really quickly as well. So yes, I put that in the cart at realeverything.com slash June, not just because it'll also get you free shipping, but because I highly recommend it if you have UV damage or any dark spots that you want to improve. I know a lot of people have spots on their hands or different places like that. This is perfect for that. If you have questions about any other skin concerns, I am somewhat of an expert. I would love to help you pick out the right things to love the skin that you're in. Please email me, stacy at realeverything.com. And I will help make sure that you get the best deal. Right now through the end of June, everyone gets 20% off site-wide no matter what at beautycounter.com slash Toth. And you can also get a whole bunch of extra freebies that I would love to help you out. And Jeffrey wanted me to tell you that their favorite Beauty Counter potion, yes, first of all, can we say uh, I love that they call them potions, is Cleansing Balm. They love how it melts makeup off of you know, their face and that the brand is committed to getting safer products into the hands of everyone through health protective laws while also giving back to people and planet through sustainable fair trade ingredients. 
I am sending Jeffrey this very dark spot treatment. So if you want to get yours as well, go to beautycounter.com slash Stacey Toth, just like any other website. I think that expansion and contraction is a really good turn of phrase for what's happening. Mm. And I have been describing it as a rubber band. And I haven't actually talked about it here on the podcast. But when we look at revolutions, because I truly believe that we are in a revolution right now. No one ever knows that they're currently in a revolution when it's happening. You can only see it when you look back. And progress has significantly been made. And we saw that progress was significantly being made years ago. We had a Black president. We had more human rights than we've ever had in this country. And the rubber band if we think about it, started to pull, people felt uncomfortable with change, which is very common and part of why revolutions happen, because people are saying, no, we can't do that. We're not, that's not traditional. That's not what was intended or whatever the phrase might be. And so that rubber band just pulls back and back as far as it can go to kind of keep a status quo to try to prevent the change from happening. But we know from thousands of years in human history that you can't progress, you can't prevent change from happening ever. It is, if there's one thing that is certain, it's not taxes, it's change. Change will happen. <laughs> and so eventually that rubber band's going to snap. It can only go back for so long, for so far. And the hope I tell my children is that when it pushes forward, that you know, those people who have been fighting this fight and, you know, standing up for the health and well-being of everyone. This is a health and wellness show. And I want to remind people, we cannot talk about health and wellness of ourselves without talking about the safety and the health and wellness of everyone. Like, I don't want to be part of a community that is only selfish in how we approach wellness. And so for me, I think about protecting the people like you who are doing the activism and who are standing up to people who are threatening your life to ensure that you are there to celebrate the jumping forward of the rubber band. Like I want to physically <laughs> envision you in that rubber band, busting forward into the future and, you know, <laughs> Fetty Cannon coming out because, you know, I tell my kids, I'm like, I think of, you know, the generation that they are and what their beliefs are and how strongly they believe in things like climate change, not just human rights, right? Like they have a deep belief in the betterment of our entire community and all things that affect it. And when they can vote, I think is really when I say we might have a couple more bad it's years. <laughs> I, we might have a couple more yeah. bad years, but like I truly believe that. And that's the only thing that can get me through, right? Like I, otherwise I'm like, the Handmaid's Tale is an autobiography, you know? You know, I just hope as that rubber band is stretching backward, we don't, you know, lose our democracy for a while. Yes. Let's just keep our fingers crossed on that one. But, it, you know, I happen to agree with you. It's an optimistic view, but I generally am an optimistic kind of person. I think that the, it's a perfect analogy because the rubber band is pulling back because the other side is pulling forward. They wouldn't have to tug on their side. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't have to be upset, angry, Etc. They wouldn't have to fight so hard if we weren't powerful. And so keeping that in mind is a beautiful thing as well. 
And not for nothing, you already see what we could call the backlash to the backlash, right? People are going into school board meetings. Mm -hmm. People are going into spaces to, I want to say fight, but then I also want to say, you know, they're doing, you know, a lot of people are doing a nonviolent version. So fight doesn't, yeah. yeah, fight doesn't exactly fit, but it's advocate and give a darn about our society and other human beings. Yeah. Because the squeaky wheel gets the grease, then the people who are happy with where we were going, we weren't squeaky because we were happy. Now we have to be squeaky, right? Mm. And so many people, so many allies say to me, I'm afraid to say the wrong thing. And I just want to encourage anyone listening who's non-LGBTQ, that period is over. The period where you are afraid to say the wrong thing, so you don't say anything, you don't speak up, we're we're finished. Number one, go ahead and say the wrong thing. We'll just learn together and we'll, you know, we'll tell you what the better thing to say is. But also, there are a ton of things you can speak about that you know about already. You don't have to know the difference between gender queer and gender fluid in order to speak about human dignity, respect, kindness, treating other people with love, even if you may not quote unquote get. Those are things anybody can speak of. And I would encourage people to do so. I literally just clapping, dropping my <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, so I always like to leave listeners with some positive actionable steps. I love that you brought up, you know, being an ally, being willing to potentially say the wrong thing, make yourself a little bit vulnerable on behalf of others who need you to advocate for them. I would say that's one of the things that people can walk away and start to do as it relates to pausing the giving tree behavior and starting to implement some of the concepts in take your own advice for themselves. What are some of your kind of actionable suggestions? Go watch Netflix and don't feel guilty. (laughs) Mine would be literally take a nap. Build in a CS. Pretend you live in Spain and sure. build in a siesta for yourself because I quit caffeine and that was the best thing that I ever did for myself and I couldn't have done it without naps. So what are some of your kind of actionable steps to start caring for yourself and not becoming the giving tree? <laughs> now nobody's going to want to coach with me because I'm going to tell them to watch Netflix <laughs> no. and not hate it. <laughs> not feel a little guilty behind the scenes, right? The reason that Netflix thing is so handy, and this is really the most practical tip I can offer, people tend to concentrate on the what's when they ought to concentrate on the how's. Or there shouldn't really be an S on, it's not what, it's how. Meaning, we want to get the self-care checklist in order. I did this, I did that over here. I accomplished this. I want to be perceived as, right? I want to be perceived as good at self-care or whatever it is. And the idea is it actually, I wouldn't recommend you hurt anybody, obviously, but you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's how are you being with yourself? How are you treating yourself? So start also, which is also partly what the book is about, Make that transition away from a checklist, a to-do list. You can still have one, but put somewhere on your to-do list, do all of my to-dos with kindness for myself. 
And if there's something that you can't quite do that with yet, take it off the list. I love it. Okay. I love it too. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you'd like to share? I only do two things. I help people hate themselves less and I forward LGBTQ acceptance any way that I can. So I think thank you is in order. I couldn't do those two pillars of my existence without you and being able to come and chat with you today and be in the safe space that you provided today. So thank thank you for sharing of yourself and trusting me in this space. I always love talking with you. And I want to remind listeners that if you would like to have more of Jeffrey in your life, why wouldn't you, first of all, go to jeffreymarsh.com where they have coaching. I am genuine and sincere when I say I had no connection to you. There was nothing. And we had our coaching session and it was incredible for me. So listeners, if you're feeling moved by some of the things that we talked about, or if you identify with some of the difficulties in you know, these concepts, Jeffrey's books are fantastic. Take your own advice as well as how to be you. And they offer coaching at jeffreymarsh.com. You can also follow Jeffrey on Instagram and TikTok at the Jeffrey Marsh. Even just like seeing your face pop up in my feed and having like a positive message come through is often a really great reminder. I find myself like unclenching my jaw or relaxing my shoulders and just being like taking a deep breath. Like, yes, okay. If Jeffrey can do this and Jeffrey can be called, I can do this too, you know? So listeners, hopefully you can enjoy some of that connection as well. Everybody's welcome. And, you know, if anybody, we mentioned I get a lot of death threats. So I don't check the email as the first person (laughs) to check it, right? It gets filtered to me, but it'll get to me. Hello at jeffreymarsh.com. If you want to tell me something, you know, me, you know, connecting and my work, please. I strive to be very accessible. So sharing the positive vibes. Yeah. And listeners, if you love the show that we create and produce ourselves, the Patreon is a great way to support the show. So is leaving a review and hitting the follow or subscribe button in whatever podcast app that you're using so that others can find us as well. And we've put a list of the shows that I referenced before, both with Jeffrey, they've been on twice before, as well as with Amani Barbary, Barbarin, I consistently mm-hmm. get that wrong, and the show notes on realeverything.com. Thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate your willingness to be open to growth through your own personal changes because no one is perfect, but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can become better versions of ourselves. Jeffrey, you always help us do that. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.